Everyone runs away from pain, dodging the truth it comes with. But you are done with limiting your greatness in the shackles of fear. You see fuel in the fire. You taste ripe fruit in real answers. You move to the drums with wild expression. Enter From Pain to Gain, the podcast about identifying pain so you can ultimately gain health and wealth. Because without identifying a mountain, how can you climb it? Here's your host, Ivan Alpha. Here are four things that you need to look out for when you become wealthy. Reason I made this video was there's a lot of people that won and lost in the last few years, especially from the pandemic. And a lot of people won big. We got a lot of things going on. We got crypto, we got the NFTs, we got people still making a lot of money in real estate. Uh, if you're following the investment principles. Now, first thing I wanted to cover, however, on what to look out for when you're rich is kind of touches on a societal issue is the fact that only humor of yours is funny to you. <clears throat> and this is something I realized when I was in reflection a couple of years ago. Uh, this was maybe seven months after I left my, my full-time job and we were loading up a uh, bathroom drywall they usually call it green board. And I was loading it in my F-250 with my, my friend, uh, Greg. And as he was loading it up, I said, hey, you know why they call it green board? Because it's green. And it was really just a, atrocious, like what, that is, you could have put more effort into that. I, but it made me think that when I was reflecting on that, like there's, a lot more darker stuff than that. And when you're essentially wealthy, you don't have to really answer to no one. So anything that's funny to you, even if it's offensive and appropriate, is going to stay funny to you unless you reflect on it. That's number one. Number two, people will doubt you. People will doubt you. And I realized this pretty early on when I left, after I left my job. Uh, I had a friend of mine that said, hey, you know, you got a good um, profit off of this deal. Maybe you should just kind of hold on to your job until you really scaled everything up. And that is a form of doubt. Some people could look at it logically like, oh, yeah, you should just kind of make everything stable first. But no, essentially that person is saying, hey, this is a one-off for you. You're not going to make it again. You should be safer than sorry. Those sorts of people you shouldn't have around you. And I cut that person out of my life pretty quickly. So folks that doubt you, be careful for that. You want folks that will empower you, like my wife nowadays. Even just the decision in this office. I was like, hey, check it out. What do you think? You know, running a buyer. And she said, cool. I know you'll make the best decision. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'll make the best decision. That is empowering, right? Not doubting like, oh, are you sure? Are you doing it's empowering. You want those sorts of folks in your life. Third one, paying your way out. Man, this is, this is a rough time. Even with family 
Now, at the same time, that particular family member didn't like exactly treat me the best. But when I was having conversations with a particular family member that I don't exactly like that much, I would be like in my head, how could I buy my way out of this conversation? Could I just not have to deal with this? Could I just put some money in some account to just get out of this? And it's just a horrible way to think. There's, there's open loops that you could just close and say, hey, you're unhealthy for me. I'm just not going to spend time with you. When you're saying to yourself, though, I just don't want to even consider closing this loop in a healthy way, you're just kind of dismissing the other person as a human being. You're not giving them space to grow. And even I could bring it to one of my employees the other day. We had a one-on-one. -on -one. She brought up her needs. I brought up my needs. And we were able to move forward from there. You know, in a past life, I could have been like, how could I buy my way out of this predicament? Because it's a little tense. It's a little painful. So that's three. Number four, going long periods of time without money coming in. And I think this is especially true for somebody that just made a big lot of cash from like crypto or whatever, NFTs, real estate, whatever it may be for you. It's so easy to just be like, uh, I just relax. You know, like, I want to buy this car, take vacation, I want to take 15 vacations. I'll just get another deal another day. No, you can't be doing that for long periods of time because it's just reality. You can't spend exorbitantly more than you, you actually are bringing in. Otherwise, you're going to be in a dangerous position. And I got into a little bit of that float. I got, went to some valleys and mountains in my uh, years coming out of the, uh, my full-time job. I really had to learn what hourly versus effort-based work is and the differences between that. And there were some tense times, but I ultimately figured it out. I had the blessing of actually having a failed business in my early uh, 18 years old, actually, uh, in my youth. So I kind of was able to get ahead of stuff instead of just kind of, whoa, things are going haywire. Time to step back and hope for the best. So that was also another blessing, being able to get ahead of stuff when I saw fire raining down. So that's kind of the thing I wanted to share with you. Thanks to look out for when you're wealthy or on your path to becoming wealthy. As a bonus, I'll add just one more tip, number five. Being very careful who you do business with. There's a lot of people that know how to talk, especially in real estate. It's almost encouraged to have a personality, encouraged that you kind of could do or say things but not do them. Uh, there's a lot of shysters out in this, in this uh, industry. And look out for that. So when it comes to that, who you do business with, it's not just a matter of partnerships, even to your contractors. If they're, if you notice one time you're, you're being drastically overcharged by like 3x, it's time to move on. You want somebody that's going to be able to, you know, charge you reasonably. They also feed their families, but the business has to move forward. Same with partnerships. It has to be a give and take. You have to be able to 
openly have a conversation with the, your partner and to put everything on the line. Even saying, I've had these sort of tense conversations before. I had uh, partners before. One in particular I can think of, I told numerous times, hey, this is not going in the right direction. But that particular partner was kind of more of a, ah, we'll figure it out, we'll get more sales, everything will be fine. Everything did not turn out fine. It was quite a valley. Nevertheless, made it out. But there's that to look out for. Careful who you do business with. That's it. And I hope you enjoyed these five tips. Catch you on the next video slash audio. Episode sponsored by Commonwalk, a real estate company dedicated to affordable housing investment. To learn more, visit commonwalk.com.